listening to Mile High Radio. MileHighRadio.com on the World Wide Web for your listening pleasure. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. I'm not ashamed to say. I hope it always will stay this way. My hat is off. Won't you stand up and take a I am Deb Creer, the socialite, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media as a tool to promote themselves and their businesses. My guest is joining us in just a couple of moments, so I'm going to go ahead and talk a little bit about some new things that I have going on. I've been completely rebranding myself, especially on social media, so it's going to be a lot of fun. But part of what I've been working on is some new presentations. Um, so they will be called the, we'll be talking about the EI, EIO principle of social media, which is, uh, the E, the first E stands for engage. The second the first I, you know, it's just going to be one of those mornings. Okay, it's E-I-E-I-O. The first E stands for engage. The I stands for inform. The next E stands for entertain. Then the next I is for intentional. And then we have O for ongoing. And what that means is uh, that you need to continually be communicating with folks regarding E-I-E-I-O, and you'll hear more about that from me in the future. But now I am absolutely delighted that we are joined by my guest this morning. His name is Kamanzi Constable, and I met Kamanzi at WordCamp, and it's funny, I've had several guests on now from WordCamp, and I tell people, yeah, it really was kind of as geeky as it sounds, but it was so much much fun. And most importantly, I learned a lot and really met some great speakers there. And Kamanzi was one of those speakers. So Kamanzi, welcome. Hey, Deb. Thanks for having me. Super excited. Great, great. Well, let me give a little bit about your bio to the folks who are listening in to us today. So Kamanzi is an author who self-published two ebooks and has sold over 80,000 copies. Get that, folks. 80,000 copies is uh, the number of books that he has sold. We'll definitely talk to him more about what those two books are. His first published book, so, you know, one of those that you buy and read and then put on your bookshelf, or as I do, I loan them out because I love my books so much that I uh, like to share them around. But his first published book is coming out in May. He is a life coach who helps people figure out what their dreams are and how to make them a reality. Kamanzi is a consultant who works with companies worldwide on how to deal, how to effectively find their target audience and truly connect with them through social media. He's an international speaker who last year spoke at events in 10 states and in five countries. His mission is helped to help people live the full and abundant life they deserve. So again, Kamanzi, welcome. How are you doing this morning? Pretty good. Just enjoying the nice sunny weather here in Milwaukee. How about Great. you? Great. Well, I'm enjoying the fabulous weather down here in Atlanta. So, you know, we love this. I love spring so much. It's going to be, you know, just great around here. So first, let's talk about where you were and what you were doing before you wrote the books, because I know that's a big part of this transition that you have made into who you are today. So talk about that a little bit. Cool. And uh, just so I don't get long-winded, how long do we have, Deb? We actually have an hour, so 
Feel okay. free to be as long-winded as you would like. Cool. Um, yeah, for, for 12 years, I, um, I lived a life that was, um, the best way to describe it is miserable. Although I, you know, I had a wife and, and, and three kids, you know, surrounded, surrounded by love, um, in my career and just some other pursuits in general, I just, I felt kind of aimless. And when I, I bought into a franchise when I was 19 years old and it was great at 19, at 19 being a business owner. And even though the hours were, were kind of crazy, waking up at midnight to deliver bread, you know, it wasn't a big deal at 19. But as I got older and I had got married and, and had the kids, they started having all kinds of activities as kids do. And it was getting pretty hard to, to go to the activity until um, nine at night and then wake up at midnight, get three hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. And so that really just wore me. And as the years went on and I got older, it just it really, really wore me. But I, I just felt stopped. It was like I didn't have a college degree. I didn't have any special skills. So what, what could I do? You know, I'm just this blood guy here from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. What could I do? And, and that's what I believed for the longest time. And it was three years ago that I just got fed up. I had one of those moments that said enough. And I was all fired up for about two weeks telling anybody who listened that I'm going to be doing this, I'm going to be doing that. I'm changing my life. I'm, I'm making these changes. Mm-hmm. And after the, the two weeks, <laughs> what normally happens, it fizzles out. And so it fizzled out. And it was almost, uh, it was a year later before I really started getting serious about making a change. Mm-hmm. And it, it went from being just miserable to the, the franchise I was in got bought up by a larger company. And then at this point, I was just worried about how am I going to pay the bills and feed my family with some of the changes that were going on. So I had to get, get serious. And during this time when all this was going on, this, this craziness, I, I just rediscovered a love that I had lost a long time ago, and that was the love of writing. And I'd always loved to write when I was younger, but I thought, there's no way I can make a, a career out of this. You know, not mm-hmm. today's day and age and this bad economy and, and all those things that we listen to. And so during this period, I just, I discovered, I rediscovered my love for writing. I started journaling everything that was happening um, with work and life and just a lot of different crazy emotions that were going through my head. And so I, I journaled them. And after about a couple of weeks, I, I looked down at this journal and I realized that, you know, I actually had a decent amount of material here. And so uh, the love of writing really led me to get back to get into blogging, which was something that was, uh, it wasn't new, but it was newer to a lot of people. So I decided to, to start this crazy blog thing and mm-hmm. I started blogging about work. And a few people responded and I thought, man, this is great. And it was, it was, uh, Year or two years ago, when I ran across the story during this time period, I ran across the story of a woman named Amanda Hawking, and she was a 19-year-old teenager from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. She was just somebody just like me, and she had written a whole bunch of books. Like she wrote, she wrote 17 books by the time she was 19 years old. Wow! So she really loved to write. Yeah, I mm-hmm. would say <laughs> <laughs> she really loved to write, mm-hmm. and she went to agents and publishers, kind of the traditional route. And they all rejected her. Mm-hmm. And so she decided to try Amazon and self-publishing and social media and, and all this, this new stuff that was going on. And she put her three books on there. Mm-hmm. And she asked some friends to share it. She was pretty active on Twitter. And, and, and she asked some friends to, to share her work, and they did. And after a week, she had sold 456 copies. Great. And if anybody is listening to this and they self-publish, that is impressive. Mm-hmm. 456 because it, it's hard to sell publish and to sell books. Right, and, and we don't have that many family members, so you know that she was selling some to people who were just truly interested in it. Exactly, and you know that's when you're an author and you sell publish, or if you have a published book, whatever it is, when you get people outside of your circle that buy your book, it's like super exciting. Mm-hmm. So I can't imagine what was going through her head. But then you know after after a month, she had sold 10,000 copies. Wow. And that was like, whoa. And mm-hmm. at that point, um, since she had self-published, money comes to you a little bit quicker than it does during the, when you traditionally publish. So she was able to quit her job. Mm-hmm. And she was just able to focus on her writing. 
Nice. And just social media, book reviewers, um, the word spreading, uh, the book's going viral. After um, eight months, she had sold one million copies of her, of her book. Wow, in eight months. In eight months. And all those agents and publishers and all of them that rejected her, they came back, you know, on their knees begging her to, to get her books and she ended up signing a deal with Random House for $2.5 million. Mm-hmm. Ooh. So, yeah. But, I, I, you know, I came across her story in USA Today. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, Amanda, this fellow, this person that lives right next door to me in Minnesota, if she could sell um, a million copies, why can't I um, self-publish and sell 10,000 copies? I didn't need to sell the million. I didn't need to sell, you know, a quarter of a million, just 10,000 copies. That that would have been enough, at least for me, to, to quit this job that was making me miserable mm-hmm. and that I was not getting sleep on and, and really start to move on. Mm-hmm. So I was excited, right? I figured out what it would take to self-publish a book, and, and I was living, I, I tell people, I wouldn't even say I was living paycheck to paycheck. If there's a, a level below that, that's what I was living. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of uh, magical checks and stuff being written during that time. It was, it was a rough time. Mm-hmm. And so I had to work overtime just to, to pay for this, this book to be put together. Mm-hmm. And the day that I hit that number, it was just, it was amazing. So... Uh, I got the money. I, I hired the professionals because I wanted this to be a professional book. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, my job then was to get on social media and start promoting. Mm-hmm. And up to that point, I wasn't active at all on social media. So I just, I'm going to come out of nowhere, out of clear blue. I'm trying to get people to, to buy this thing and I'm promoting and I'm telling friends and family and I'm calling people I've talked to in 10 years. And I'm, I'm telling anybody who listened that this book is coming out. Mm-hmm. And so I was convinced that I would get that 10,000 copies. And the day the book came out, I, I ran through work, I ran home, logged into Amazon, and you already know the story. So <laughs> <laughs> I won't even ask you, but uh, I sold a big bet zero. It was Oh, oh. Yeah. yeah. Not even to close. to a family member. <laughs> no, you would think that you'd see like three, two or three, you know? Right. Like just, yeah, it was nothing, mm-hmm. zero. And I thought, man, maybe just Amazon doesn't up their, their results in real time. So I'm sitting there Googling this. And when I find out that they update their results by the hour, I was just crushed. I'm like, you know, maybe next hour. So mm-hmm. I check next hour is nothing. All right, maybe next hour. Check next hour is nothing. And I, I went through this process during the day. I probably checked, like, I don't know, 40 times <laughs> some crazy amount. <laughs> Just hoping to see a different result. Just like, to hey, see a one. On, <laughs> yeah, just one. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the day, to be perfectly honest, I'm not buying a copy. You know, just so I could see a one. Yeah, there. well, and that way you can kind of start the flow. Yeah, there you go. Well, it ended up after um, three months, I had sold five copies. One of those was to me. Three of those were to friends, and I don't know who the, the fifth one was. I'm hoping it was just a random person, but who knows? <laughs> so I was just completely crushed. I'm like, you know, I did everything Amanda did. Um, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And it didn't work. And I was just, I didn't even look at a computer for two weeks. I was mm-hmm. disappointed. I was mad. I was angry. Every emotion you could think of, that's what I was going through. And so I just... I wanted to give up. And if it wasn't for the support system that I had in my life, I had three really good friends. Mm-hmm. Um, also my wife and they just said, Hey, you really haven't figured out how to do this. You haven't given it a hundred percent effort. Mm-hmm. You know, they said, go back to the, figure this thing out. And so that it took a period of just not trying to sell the books, not trying to, to do all this online stuff, but just really reflecting, thinking, um, Number one, how to do this. But number two, you know, what do I really want from this? Mm-hmm. What is my quote-unquote dream? Mm-hmm. And during that time, uh, a 19-year-old kid contacted me, and he said he had to write a blog post, and he was getting ready to quit his job. And I said, hey, man, I don't know what you were reading, but I didn't tell you to quit your job. So, <laughs> so he did not quit his job. Mm-hmm. But he said, hey, can you help me figure this thing out? And mm-hmm. even though I wasn't a coach or anything like that, and I didn't know what I was doing, and there was a lot of um, awkward silences during our conversation because mm-hmm. we were both figuring this thing out together. 
um, we figured out what he wanted to do, and we helped him come up with a game plan to do it. And he mm-hmm. actually landed that job, and it was great. Great. That's not nine title, so any more books? Mm-hmm. This is kind of more of what my dream is, all of mm-hmm. our dream. Mm-hmm. It's just to help people that feel stuck and feel like there's no hope, show them that there is, and help them have a, a realistic game plan to do it. Because mm-hmm. that's where I was at. And so that that's what I focus on from that point on. That's when I really became a writer, and I mm-hmm. just really started writing about things. And I don't, if you've ever, and you have, Deb, so I know, I, I don't hold back um, on my blog. I just try to put it all out right. there. Mm-hmm. I try to give people things that they can use mm-hmm. and, to help them chase their dreams and make those changes in their life. Mm-hmm. And so once I started doing that, people started responding. Mm-hmm. They started reading the blog and they started commenting. And a few of them even bought the book. And when they bought the book and some of them read it and said, hey, this isn't the worst thing I've ever read, should check it out. So um, it's just over time of, of people coming to the blog, reading the book, sharing. And then it was some strategy stuff that I implemented. Like I knew I, I needed more traffic to my website. My mm-hmm. website didn't have any traffic at all. So I started uh, sending out guest posts, which is a great way to get exposure to a larger audience. Right. Mm-hmm. some backlinks to your website, get some um, SEO stuff, as the experts would say, and get exposed to a larger audience. And, and I landed some really, really big guest posts. And by guest posting everywhere, I mean, I, I mean, there was one guest post I landed where I was able to get 23,000 visitors just on the first day of the post. Wow. And the traffic still continues to come in. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a effective strategy. So once I got the traffic and, and everything was all set up, I knew once people came and checked out my stuff that I didn't want to give them what everybody else was giving them. I didn't want to try to constantly sell to them and, and cram it down their throats. I just wanted them to see the message and, mm-hmm. and to get some things that would help their life. And then if they wanted to buy the book, that's great too. Mm-hmm. And and they did. And so now, as you said, up to this point, just over you know this period of continuing the strategy, getting out there, getting exposure, yeah, the both uh, two self-published books. I self-published a second book in March second uh, of 2012, mm-hmm. and both books now sell a little bit over 80,000 copies. Wow! And right when I was at the 40,000 mark, which would have been it would have been April of 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, I started getting offers from publishers because I'm, you know, I'm sure they could track these numbers somewhere mm-hmm. and all right. kinds of bells and whistles must have been going off somewhere. Because when I got the first offer, I thought I was just being punk. You know, I'm like, what is this? <laughs> right. Is this Who are these people? <laughs> yeah. And then the second one came and the third one came. And then um, I ended up going to a Brendan Bashard conference and, in May of 2012, and um, mm-hmm. I just we were sitting there. I was sitting there at dinner time. We were doing some networking. I was talking to this guy, and I'm rambling out about my story and telling him about about my journey and the books and all this. And I was like, "Oh yeah, by the way, I never got your name." And he said, "Hi, you know, my name is Nathan. I'm the publisher at Sun Wisdom." And he's like, "I'd like to talk to you." And I'm like, "Oh hey, I was doing, buddy." <laughs> and so. <laughs> The, the rest of history, I ended up mm-hmm. signing a, a four-book deal with Sound Wisdom, and nice. my first published book actually came out uh, May 1st, Ooh. so it came out last Wednesday, and um, mm-hmm. it the coolest moment ever out of all this was, you know, last Wednesday, um, with my uh, walking into Barnes & Noble's with my 87-year-old grandpa, mm-hmm. who has never touched, he doesn't touch computers, he doesn't touch mm-hmm. a Kindle, mm-hmm. he had never read anything, any of my books. Mm-hmm. So to walk in there and him buy a copy and then, you know, he's holding a copy in his hand. He's looking at it and he looks at me and just starts crying. Oh. And I just keep crying. Mm-hmm. And that was just, that was like the high point for me. I love it. You know, and, and there's so many things here that you talked about that, that are such great things that people can learn from. You know, the first was that you started small. You know, you did the journaling and then you went to blogging and then you thought, oh, this is pretty good so I can go from there. You know, and, and I think the problem that so many people have is they think I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it right away. And overnight I will become this instant, you know, uh, sensation. And, you know, sure we all want that. But the nice thing was you realized, okay, it wasn't, you know, as nice as it would have been to have happened overnight, that wasn't going to happen. And 
so you still had the patience to keep going you know and and so t- so many times i will hear somebody that says you know i tried it for a month whether it's you know just blogging or you know using social media to promote themselves or writing a book or whatever and and because they didn't get that instant result they gave up yep. you know but you kept going with it and and look at where it's it's led to and I, I think too, um, just the, the overall approach, um, and people, as you can imagine, I get a lot of, um, emails and calls and, and stuff from authors and wannabe authors and, mm-hmm. and they're like, you know, well, what advice would you have for me? And the biggest thing I could say along the lines of what you're saying, Deb, is, um, don't confuse your goals with your expectations. You know, set, right. set goals for yourself. I'd like to do this. I'd like to do that. And, and mm-hmm. set specific guard by this period of time. This mm-hmm. is what I want to do. And it doesn't have to be I want to sell 100,000 copies or I want to make the New York Times bestseller list or anything like that. But set some realistic goals for yourself. Um, what we do is we set expectations. Um, we'll say, okay, this is my goal, but really this is what we expect. I expect to sell 50,000 copies. And when you set expectations and you don't hit them, that's exactly what happens. You get frustrated, you get depressed, you get angry, and you give up. Right. You know, and, and it is something where we have to keep trying. And, you know, especially important is the fact that you really did kind of work through this process. And, you know, it was something that you thought about, you know, but when you decided to make the leap, you made the leap. You know, there's so many people who are just hanging on to that diving board with their fingers until their little fingernails are all bent and and they still won't let go. You decided, okay, it's time. I'm going to do this. Yep. Yeah, and um, I mean, if all if all of this wasn't even enough, then and 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 hey, I got an offer to come speak at a, a conference of West Virginia a social media conference, and I thought, man, there's no way I could speak in front of an audience. Mm-hmm. But you know, that group of friends and with my wife that said, you know, do it. And right. So I did, and it, it was an incredible experience. Mm-hmm. And then after that. Um, I started, I, gave some, I got some offers and I started seeking out conferences on my own. Mm-hmm. And, you know, before I know it, I traveled all over the world speaking and it's been incredible. It's, just, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, now I'm living the life of my dreams. It's like, why right. didn't I start sooner? Mm-hmm. Well, and I think probably one of the keys to all of this is, you know, a little bit of what you touched on, that you are authentic to who you are. You know, you write your blog post just like you were talking to somebody. You know, you're, I haven't read your books, but I'm sure that's probably the same way they're written too, is they're very personal. You know, people can read them and, and really think, hey, this is Kamanzi who's speaking to me. You know, that was one of the things that impressed me when I heard you speak was, you know, it, you weren't up there trying to really win friends and influence everybody. You were just there to tell your story, which made it so much more powerful. Yep. That's how we connect with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think that's probably the problem that people have when they're trying to use social media and blogging is they think first that they have to be perfect. They have to do it exactly right. You know, they can't really show that we might have, you know, some warts and some bumps and some wrinkles and, you know, all those various things. And in social media, people pick up on that very quickly that, you know, you're trying to be something that you're not. And, you know, that's where it's cool to, to be able to go in and use those tools and just be you. Absolutely. It's pretty easy. When when you were promoting your books, you talked about the fact that you use social media. How did you use social media really, especially once things were going really well, you know, how did you continue to use social media to continue to promote your books? Um, The the first thing that that really, that I learned uh, and that I really tell people is don't sell on social media. It sounds crazy. I mm-hmm. use social media, but I tell people not to sell on social media. Right. Mm-hmm. And what what I what I mean is, um, you'll you'll see this uh, a lot. You'll log into Facebook or Twitter, and somebody will post a link saying, um, you know, this can change your life, yada yada yada, whatever it is. And then I'll post a link, and it'll be a link to their book on Amazon or, uh-huh. or Barnes and Noble right. or something and like that. Like, really? People get that. Yep. They get that all day long not only from their friends and family, but also from companies and all kinds of people. 
Yep. What what my goal is is ultimately to use social media to to, to generate leads, and and I want to lead them to my website. Mm-hmm. When they come to my website, I have my sales copy on, on the book page, and I have a bunch of other things that people can see. Like if you buy the book before, you know, right now if you buy my book before May nineteenth, you get over a hundred dollars in free stuff. Nice. I want people to see that. Mm-hmm. Right, so I want them to get to the website. So I'm not going to send them to to Amazon or something else. Mm-hmm. And then the the indirect result is when they come to my website, they might not want to buy the book, but they might see something else that that interests mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And so I had I had a this under I'm, I launched my book, and I had a launch team of about 65 people, mm-hmm. and it, we're in the launch period. And the first week the the book was out. Um, the book did well on sales, but I I ended up picking up 632 new email subscribers. Great. And even coaching clients and and one consulting gap. Mm-hmm. And that's all uh, indirect results. But mm-hmm. so the point being is I use social media to get them to my website, so I mm-hmm. don't sell on social media. Because that's, that's what everybody else would do. Mm-hmm. And then well, uh, two, you got to, I'm sorry. Well, you know, I'm, I'm looking right now on your Facebook page, and one of the things you do that, that I always tell people is so critical is you post questions. So you're encouraging people to have conversations there, which is, to me, the most successful way to use social media. Yeah, create engagement. Right. You know, and, and, you know, you're, you're just putting little snippets here, little, little sayings, and, but it, it is getting people to comment. And, that comes back to exactly what you were saying. You weren't saying, hey, buy my book. But you're giving them the information so that then they know, hey, you're a guy that I trust, so maybe I am going to check out your book. And it's it's crazy to me. There's a, a lot of people that can build a, a big Facebook fan page and they can build up their numbers, mm-hmm. but those places are dead. You know, nobody's talking. There's no engagement. Mm-hmm. And if you can't, post a question on social media and get people to answer, um, then why would you think they're going to buy anything from you? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, we're, we're almost at the bottom of the hour to take a break, but I want people, uh, what are the, the titles of your books so that people can look, you know, look them up and find them and, and hopefully purchase them? Because it is okay to sell a little bit right now. <laughs> uh, just head over to livingoregistingbook.com and you can read um, all about it. There's over a hundred dollars in free stuff when you buy uh, the books before May May nineteenth. Uh, so that go to living or existingbook dot com and, and check it out. And you Great. can also uh, connect with, with see all my information there and get a bunch of free okay. stuff. Okay. What are the the titles of your two ebooks? Um, the first one's called Tales of the Everyday Working Man and Woman. Mm-hmm. And then the second one is is now called "Are You Living or Existing: Nine Steps to Change Your Life." Nice. And that is the the book that started out. It started out as a self published book, mm-hmm. and then the publisher ended up picking it up, and now it is a traditionally published book. You can find it at your Barnes and Nobles or Books a Million or wherever you get books. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Great. Well, we're going to go ahead and, and take our bottom of the hour break, and when we come back, let's talk more about. You know, what you've done, you know, you mentioned the fact that you researched and you went and you, you know, you've now spoken around the world. You know, talk about, we're going to talk about when we come back how you did that. And, you know, because there are so many people who want to do that, but they don't have the first idea how they even go about it. So they talk to their church group and they talk to maybe the local Kiwanis group and then they're totally stumped. So when we come back, let's talk about how you were able to, to set up all of these presentations because they really have been fabulous for you. Cool. Great. So we'll talk about that when we come back. Thank you for being a friend Travel down a road and back again Your heart is true, you're a pal and a confidant You're listening to Mile High Radio MileHighRadio.com on the World Wide Web for your listening pleasure Parenting is a rewarding experience that comes with challenges. Every parent experiences moments when they are overwhelmed or frustrated. Families First wants you to know you are not alone. 
Colorado parents can call 1-800-CHILDREN for answers, resources, and support. This free confidential support line can be the difference between struggling alone and finding the support you need to strengthen your family. Call 1-800-CHILDREN or visit www.familiesfirstcolorado.org. As a small business owner, there's one word that you absolutely dread, payroll. For small businesses, it's a big burden. You may think you're saving time and money doing it yourself. But come on, are you? Timesheets, processing checks, calculating taxes, a total waste of your time. Paychecks simplifies payroll processing, saving you time and money. Submit your payroll online, fax it in, or call your dedicated Paychecks payroll specialist. And you're done. Learn more at trypaychecks.com. Come on, do the math. The IRS dishes out 8 million penalties a year. Make one mistake and you're on the hook. On average, you're losing nearly one business day every month doing payroll. That's time and money you'll never get back, unless you get paychecks. More than half a million small businesses already do. Call 877-278-5679. Trade payroll pressure for peace of mind. Call now, 877-278-5679. That's 877-278-5679. And we are back. I am Deb Creer. I'm the socialite, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media as a tool to promote themselves and their businesses. And with us today, we have been uh, talking with Kamanzi Constable, <coughs> excuse me, who is an author and an international speaker who has used social media to sell his books worldwide. So first, Kamanzi, let us know, <coughs> excuse me, how to reach you. Uh, you can find me at livingoregistingbook.com. Great. And how about for social media? Um, uh, you'll, you'll see all my links um, right up top of the website, but it's uh, you can head to facebook.com doc, Facebook forward slash commandvc or same thing, twitter, twitter.com forward slash commandvc. Yeah, head, head to the website and you know, connect with me on, on all the social media type stuff. Great. Well, you know, as I mentioned before we took the break, one of the things that you have done is very successfully use social media. And and part of that was to find speaking presentations, you know, ways that you can speak, you know, various conferences, all of those things. And I know that we have people who want to do that but don't have the first idea about how to go about it. So tell people how you've been able to, to do this very successfully. Uh, speaking, yeah, um Really, it's about um, showing a, a event planner or a conference organizer that you'd be a good fit for the event. So start off, if you've never spoken before and you want to want to start speaking, you're going to have to get some kind of experience. And that might mean doing something local where you live, maybe going to speak at a library, speaking at chambers of commerce is a really good if you've got some, some great content. Um, or um, <laughs> simply uh, get on your YouTube channel and uh, start a YouTube channel and, and have yourself on there uh, doing a presentation. But for an organizer to be able to see that, that that video evidence that you can do everything you say you can do, especially when you don't have that experience, that's, mm-hmm. that's going to be golden for you. So if you're new, start there. Just start building your resume. You might have to do some, some free stuff, but, but make it local. Right. Um, so that you're not coming out of pocket. But if you if you have some experience, then it's uh, simply about finding the events of a right fit. And so Google is uh, probably the best resource you can use for for finding events. I mean, simply go on there and Google the type of, of event you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, call for speakers for that event. And then uh, networking is also really really big. And there's a lot of really good networking uh, groups for speakers, especially on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of a lot of good groups on LinkedIn that you can be a part of that are always uh, looking for speakers and, and sharing opportunities. So um, it's not what you know; it's who you know, right? Right. So Perfect. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely network to, to find those events, and it's just a matter of uh, 
of patience because um, for, for every event that you're going to want to speak at or, or apply to speak at or send a proposal to, you got to realize there's a lot of other people also doing the same thing. So just try to make yourself um, stand out by, by showing that you've got the content that that um, conference could really use. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that's critical is, you know, you need to – Go to conferences where it makes sense. You know, I've seen so many people who have wanted to speak at something, or even I've gone to conferences, and I'm like, really? I'm I'm not quite sure why this speaker is here. But if you make it very easy for them to accept you because it is something that they're they're um, looking for, then that's one of the, the definite advantages to it. Absolutely. You know, and, and it's also something on to be able to use social media for because, you know, we've talked about the fact that it's not sell, 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 but you can gently remind people what you do. You know, and, and it's something along the lines of just had a great time speaking at X. What you're doing there is reminding people that you are a speaker. And then they think, ooh. We need a speaker for our group, or I know so and so needs a speaker for their group, and then it really starts kind of uh, uh, going from there. Uh, absolutely, and um, even pictures, pictures, people love seeing pictures. Mm-hmm. So when you post pictures yourself at, at whatever event you're speaking at and, and stuff like that, people see that you're out there, see that you're speaking, and they love to watch your pictures too, so you make them exciting. So yeah, all, all that is indirectly selling. Well, and one of the things you mentioned is YouTube. Um, you know, it's it's great to have some of your speaking presentations, just snippets of them. You know, you don't have to do the whole thing on YouTube because especially an event planner, you know, they want to make sure that you can get up in front of five people, ten people, five thousand people, and and you know what you're doing. And I think that's probably one of the drawbacks that uh, that event planners face is they get all of these proposals from people and they're not sure that they really can get up and speak. So if you can show people, you know, here is a quick little snip of me speaking, you know, go to my YouTube channel and you'll see it right there. You showed them exactly what they can expect. Exactly. And uh, YouTube is uh, owned by Google. It's the second biggest search engine. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's a good way to be, to be found. Well, and, you know, this isn't something that takes a ton of technology. You know, you can get, you know, a simple little video camera. You know, as I mentioned, it's we're not taping the entire thing. Now, you might want to tape the entire thing and, and edit back down to find some good points, but it is really pretty easy to get something out there. Now, of course, you know, once you start charging, you know, $10,000, $15,000 a presentation, you do want something that's a bit more professionally done. But for somebody who's just starting out, it is pretty easy to, to get some things out there. Absolutely. Great. Being powerful. You know, and, and that, that reminded me of something that you did mention earlier in the show was that you didn't try and do everything yourself when you were first starting to really work on your books. And I think that is also something that's so critical to people. You did make that initial investment knowing that you needed to hire other experts. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and if you want to be to be taken um, seriously and as a professional, yeah, you have to have some professional looking work. Right. You know, and it comes from how does the cover look, all the way down to you know if somebody is reading the text, are they caught up in your typographical errors and your spelling errors? You know, all of those various things, and that's where you have an editor, you have all of those other people who are able to help you with that. Absolutely. Great. Now, you know, you mentioned the fact that you started out by doing your, your self-published ebook on Amazon. And I think people forget or don't know that Amazon is a great way to self-publish. So talk to us a little bit about how that process happens. Yeah, um, it's, it's a lot easier than people think. And really, if you want to do it for free, you could actually do it 100% for free. But I suggest, you know, hiring the editor because, as you said, seeing those typos and, and people will definitely point those out for you. So <laughs> you definitely want to hire a professional. But um, it, you get the, you take your book and, and whatever document you have it in Word or, or pages or whatever it is, and mm-hmm. you just have it uh, formatted in, in the right format for Amazon. And they, 
they have uh, tools on Amazon that will help you do that if you want to do it on your own. But um, you, you simply upload the document, upload the cover, and you set the price and all the description, you're good to go. Right. It's, it's that simple. Well, and the cool thing about an ebook is you don't have, you know, the, the printed piece of it. So it's, it's truly on demand. And, you know, it doesn't devalue the book. You know, I've seen so many people that, oh, they just have an ebook. Well, you know, an ebook is just as cool as a regular book. It's, it's funny. I actually prefer an ebook for my business books because I put them on my, my iPad. And I read them either through Kindle or Nook, whichever your format they're coming in. And then I can have 5, 10, 20 books with me all at the same point in time. So I, I actually prefer my business books to be ebooks. Yep, absolutely. And, um, yeah, you have a lot less cost to that way. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and another really cool thing about an ebook is it's something that is kind of a live type of, of document. I recently read a book by Guy Kawasaki on um, Google Plus, and you know that. Of course, the, the funny thing about writing about social media is it's out of date before you even get the book published because social media changes so fast. So what he put in there are a lot of live links that actually go back to various sites, various resources, things like that, because then he's able to say, okay, right now when I printed the book, this is what it looked like, but click here to see the current version. And that's a, a cool feature to me to be able to include into an ebook. Absolutely, yeah. And even now authors are included in multimedia and ebooks, you know, like videos and, and, and all kinds of different cool multimedia aspects. So um, it's changing. <laughs> right. You know, and, and it really is something that is, you know, a fairly simple process, but as you mentioned, it needs to be done correctly. You know, it, hire whoever you need to hire to get it done the right way, but make sure that, you know, you, you're doing that so that it does look like you're a professional. I think that's probably one of the worst things is when I get, you know, I download an ebook or even, you know, an actual printed book on occasion and I know that they didn't have an editor. You know, maybe they self-published and self-published it as a true printed book, but they didn't have somebody edit it. They didn't look through. And, you know, I'm one of those people. I'm kind of the grammar Nazis. And, you know, I get so caught up in looking at all of those things that I totally miss the content of the book. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's worth it to spend the extra couple of dollars mm-hmm. to really put something out there that's quality right. and, and that's the kind of stuff that compelling content is what people share. That's mm-hmm. what's going to get shared on social media. That's what's going to drive the traffic. You know, it starts with the content. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, the whole thing, you, you just mentioned the key word right there is sharing. You know, if I read a book and I like it, I am going to share that with my friends, you know, whether it's that I post about it on social media or if I've got a real good, you know, physical book, I will loan it to somebody on occasion. You know, it depends. I don't always get my books back. So, you know, it, it, it's one of those things. But, but you know, if it's, if it's you know, it, even if it is a physical book, I will go online to all of my friends on social media and I'll, I'll tell them, hey, I just read this great book about X, you know, whatever it was, whether it was business or fiction or, or whatever, give them a little reason as to, you know, why I liked it. And, you know, whether that works or not, hopefully it does. But I tell people social media is very much like, you know, it, it turns us into kind of eighth graders. And we all want to be and do what the cool kids do. So that's where people want to encourage other people to provide good comments about what you're doing on social media. Absolutely. You know, we, we're looking at it and we're thinking, oh, well, you know, if, if, you know, Bob Smith really likes Kamanzi's book, well, I really like Bob Smith, so I must get Kamanzi's book and, and read it. Yeah, and that's, that's ultimately the goal of, um, that's ultimately the goal of, of, uh, marketing in general. It's not mm-hmm. you, um, promoting your stuff, it's other people promoting right. your stuff. Right. And, you know, it just goes mm-hmm. a lot. You have a farther reach. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and one of the cool things about both social media and, you know, what you've done on your website is it allows you to give away those extras. You know, you mentioned them a little bit ago that there's, you know, over a hundred dollars in free stuff if you buy your physical book before May 19th. 
you know, I've seen people who've given away, you know, free chapters of their book or, you know, all these various things. And to be able to do that on social media, it's just so powerful because then again, like you and I just said, people share that, you know, so say I got a, a free chapter of your book and I share it on social media, you know, appropriately, of course, I wouldn't do that if, if you know, if the author didn't like it. But, you know, then that's just kind of helping that that word of mouth spread, hopefully like wildfire. And I had, um, uh, I started just uh, split testing different things on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I've been doing um, is, is putting quotes from the book. I'll mm-hmm. put a quote from the book and then I'll put a, a link to the book page right. on social mm-hmm. media. And I had one quote from the book that I don't know, I must have caught fire, but it was shared um, like over 1,200 times. Mm-hmm. And the traffic from that was just, uh, and even the eventual sales was just, it's just crazy. Just nice. that mm-hmm. you know, and one of the things that you also mentioned was the fact that you have guest posted on other people's blogs, and that's been a great way to drive traffic back to your website and to just increase your visibility. How did you go about doing that? Because that is something where I think our our listeners would be very interested. You know, because they think, "Ooh, I read this you know, so blog. I really like it. I'd love to you know post there too." How do you get to to be a, a guest blogger on people's blogs? Um, I think the best way to do it is to know the blog that you you want to guest post for. So, like, there's a lot of people trying to guest post, and they'll send out posts to blogs that number one don't even fit what they're talking about. Kind of like what we talked about with the speaking. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so if I'm in uh, education, I'm not going to try to to guest post on on a a blog that deals with travel, you know, mm-hmm. just because they have a lot of a lot of uh, traffic, that doesn't make sense. Because those those people, you could get the traffic; they will come to your website, but they're going to eventually. They're not going to subscribe, but if they do, they'll unsubscribe because you're not their target audience. Mm-hmm. So it starts with identifying or who else is is talking about the things that you're talking about, who's in your target audience, mm-hmm. and then reading their site, getting a good feel for how uh, the blogger writes. I think the best way to do it is to write a post, send it to them, email it to them, and say, hey, you know, I like what you're doing on your blog. I wrote this post. I think it'd be a good fit. I'd be honored if you want it. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you're just letting your content speak for itself. Right. So if you put some thought into it and you wouldn't have really the article, they're going to run it because mm-hmm. um, that's a lot of content to create for us bloggers all the time. So, yeah, when we see something good, we're happy to feature it because that's mm-hmm. that's one less piece that we have to write. <laughs> right. You know, and, mm-hmm. and that's that's very critical because you know, whether you try and blog, you know, once a week, <clears throat> I think once a day tends to get to be too much, you know, especially when I see people who blog once a day and clearly they don't have anything to say. They just decided they were going to blog, you know, made that commitment to blog every day. But to get guest bloggers, it it spices things up, you know. It it adds all those various things, and like you said, it takes the the uh, you know strain off of you thinking that you have to to guest blog every single time. I love having guest bloggers. I think it's a very cool way to expose the people who like my blog to other opinions and other points of view. Too. Absolutely. You know, and, and so it, it is something that, you know, people can do. And the thing that you mentioned is, is so true. You know, you, you, you write the post and you send it to them and then you just kind of leave it to them as to whether they like it or not. Now, is it a, a unique blog post when you send those out and do you use those other places? Do you give them a time frame and say, you know, if you're not going to, to decide to use this in a week, I'll post it on my own blog or, or something like that. How do you, you know, because you don't want to write a lot of content and just having it floating around out there, not doing anything. How do you, no, you manage yeah. all of that? Yeah, you definitely want it to be unique every time. Okay. I think it's, it's I don't think you should uh, re, re, repurpose that or um, use the same post over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause Number one, um, bloggers will recognize that. But number two, I even think that you get penalized for Google from that. But um, I, I usually, what I do is when I send a post, I'll, I'll, I'll wait a week. And if I haven't heard anything a week, I just say, hey, um, did you like the post? Are you going to be able to use it? If not, mm-hmm. I completely understand and respect that. And I'll just give them um, a few more days after that. So I'll say like a week and a half. Great. And then if I don't hear anything, then you know what? Then I just run it. Mm-hmm. Um, on my own blog. 
Right. Because obviously it was good content, you know, and, and, you know, so then it'll work just fine on your own blog. And normally you'll hear something. You'll hear like, a, you know, I like it, but it doesn't fit or, mm-hmm. or, or no, I, I don't like it. You know, you'll hear something normally. I, I don't think I've ever run into an instance where I just didn't hear anything at all. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, it's, it's nice to have that gentle reminder, like you said, uh, in a week, because it might have gone into somebody's spam folder or, you know, they meant to get back to you and they forgot. But I think it is important to do that follow up because if you don't, and you decide, okay, well, well you know, they're not going to, to publish it, and you decide to publish it, and then they do want it, then you're kind of in a bind. Yep. And well, that, you know. That, that happens all the time. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and as you said, you know, you don't want to just have everything, you know, so it shouldn't be, you know, hey, I wrote this great blog post on my own blog. I thought you'd like it too. And, ugh. <laughs> That's just, that, that really isn't good. Now you can take an idea that you had on your own blog post. You know, maybe it was something that got a lot of feedback, a lot of comments, but rewrite it then for someone else so that it matches what they're posting about on their own blogs. And, you know, you really got to think of it from the perspective of, okay, how is this going to benefit this big blogger, you know, or the, this blogger? And just try to talk to from that perspective. And if the content's good and it's going to help their audience, and they're, they're mm-hmm. gonna, that's going to help them. So right. don't make it and, about you. Yeah, and, and that's exactly the thing right there. It's not, hey, you know, I want to drive traffic back to my website and my blog and, and sell stuff on my own pages. I've got something that might be of interest to your readers. You know, make it all about them because then it's it's more likely that they're going to like it. Absolutely. So, so if you know, if you're talking with somebody, and I know you do this all the time, you know, you're talking with somebody who was kind of like you, you know, or maybe exactly like you, stuck in a job that they absolutely hated. But it paid the bills, kind of, you know, and, and they're thinking, I just can't do this again. I can't see myself doing this next year. What, what do you tell them? I tell them that talk is cheap. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta, you gotta, you gotta start, um, it's, it's so easy to get caught up in the mindset of, I know I gotta do something, but then not Mm -hmm. do anything about it or Mm -hmm. say, I'm going to start at this point. Okay, once my kids graduate from college or graduate from high school, mm-hmm. then I can do that. Mm-hmm. Or once I do this or do that, there's always going to be something that you can do um, before you, you take action, but mm-hmm. it's it's never going to happen. Right. So figure out, start, figure out, all right, what is, what is your dream? What do you want to do? Mm-hmm. Um, what did you, what have you always dreamed about doing? What are you, you good at? You know, just, what is your dream? That's that's where it starts. It starts with identifying it. And this isn't going to be something you're going to be able to do overnight. And it might even be something that you'll try a few things and realize, okay, this isn't my dream. I thought my dream was to be an author. And it turns out the dream was a little bit larger than that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you figure it out along the way. But it starts with figuring out something. Where do I start? And then once you figure out where do I start, it's, it's all about the research. Okay? I want to be able to open a, a donut shop. Or a little cupcake shop, or a cupcake shop, or a little, what's it going to take? Um, I got to rent a place, I got to have this equipment, I got to have this permit, this that. We'll start mm-hmm. figuring out the steps and that process. And, and once you figure out the steps, you're like, all right, how am I going to make this happen? You know, where's the money going to come from? You know, what am I going to do? So it's about figuring out what you want to do. It's about researching and putting that plan together. And then, you know, take, take a small step. So a friend of mine wants to open up a, a barbecue restaurant. Mm-hmm. And it's something he's been super passionate about. But he doesn't have the money to, to pay for a place right now. So what he did is he, he created his own original recipes, his um, um, sauces and dryers and stuff. They're all his own values. And he started, he started a little catering business where on every Wednesday, that's the day he's off at his day job, he goes out and he delivers businesses to barbecues and the people and he, he puts your uh, menu on Facebook and mm-hmm. people place orders and he goes and delivers and he does that every Wednesday. So he's, he's starting his stream smaller and he's building up his clientele and, and one day he'll eventually have that restaurant and he'll have that, that clientele already in place because he started smaller. Mm-hmm. Well, and we we got you uh, 
our connection got a little fuzzy there for a little bit. So I want to recap what you were saying was that, you know, it, it's just don't think, hey, I'm going to do this. You need to research it. You need to determine, you know, what's in there. You know, what other, you know, people, resources might you need? You know, because if you don't do that and you just jump in, it's probably not going to happen. You know, it's, it's not going to be realistic. You know, like you mentioned, somebody that's, that's wanting to do a restaurant. Well, you know, if they think, Hey, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be on the food network and have this great restaurant in the next year. Sure, they can possibly, but that takes a huge amount of capital. That takes a, a large knowledge base. So you know, start small and and think. Okay, that might be something I move up to in five years, in ten years, something like that. But it it that initial research key really is, I think, where some people miss the boat. You know, they they don't realize exactly what it takes to do what they want to do. Absolutely, and. When you're taking action like that, you're taking the smaller steps, you're building momentum, and before you know it, those are going to be bigger and bigger steps. Mm-hmm. But the key is you're still, you're still moving forward. Right. You know, and, and, you know, to, to kind of wrap it up with everything that I normally talk about with social media is, you know, it is a great way to be able to promote what you're doing. You know, so many people will tell me, ooh, social media is free. No, it's not. You know, it might be free to, to actually use Facebook, to use LinkedIn, you know, all of those various things. And I always tell people, go for free first. But it is taking your time. And, you know, so you need to know what you're doing. You know, you can't be telling people, hey, go to my website if you don't have a good website. You know, all of those various things are there. But, you know, it, it is a good way for people to spread the word, to, you know, help your message go viral, all of those various things. You know, you're an author and, you know, you don't have, you know, a physical location like a restaurant. So social media is probably fabulous for you because somebody in Timbuktu can be buying your book. Absolutely. You know, and, and to, to get back to what we were saying before, it is something that you want to have something that people can share. You know, so maybe it is, you know, a, a free chapter from your book or, you know, a saying from your book that, that people really like. You know, those are the things that I tend to share online. I will see something that is from another author, whether it's a little paragraph about, you know, that they've just pulled a snippet from. You know, maybe it's a little image that goes along with it. It's really easy to click share so that the easier you make it for people, the more likely it is that they will do it. Yep. Great. There are a few, a lot of cool things that you can incorporate in your blog, like click tweet and different kind of things. It's all very, very um, convenient. Perfect. Oh, and we're starting to lose you a bit again. So I'm just going to go ahead and, and give your information. Um, so Kamanzi's website is kamanziconstable.com. Com, and that's K-I-M-A-N-Z as in zebra, I-C-O-N-S-T-A-B-L-E dot com. You can find all the information there about obviously how to connect with Kamanzi on social media, but more importantly about his books, um, whether they're the ebooks or the printed book, Are You Living or Existing? He's got all that information there. So I want to encourage people to go there, you know, sign up for the e, uh, newsletters. I get those, you know, it's great little content that we get. So, and, and I love reading it. The one this last time was about his grandfather. So that's so much fun to be able to read that. But again, connect with Kamal. You know, find out what he's talking about. Reach out to him. He's a great guy. Uh, you know, obviously I reached out to him and said, hey, I want you to be on my radio program. But, you know, it's, it's something where it, it's, there's, there's so much information out there from people. Don't hesitate to ask. You know, the least they can do is tell you no or ignore you, but they're not going to psychically read your mind and give you that information without reaching out for it first. So Kamanzi, you know, thank you again so much for, for coming on. Any last words for everybody no thank you thank you for having me and um definitely um take action <laughs> that's uh, great yeah. you know and and i think that really is that the key to everything that we have been talking about today was Kamanzi just decided enough. You know, this is what I want to do and i'm going to take the steps to do it so as he says in his book are you living or existing 
You know, I think a lot of people really might just be existing and we want everyone to live. So, you know, make sure that you connect with Kamanzi. Again, that's KamanziConstable.com. If you're not connected with me, well, you need to be. It's pretty simple. You just go to my website and you find all my social media links there. So it's just DebCreer.com, D-E-B-K-R-I-E-R.com. And until next time, everybody enjoy this fabulous spring and we will talk with you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for being a friend Travel down a road and back again Your heart is true You're a pal and a confidant You're listening to Mile High Radio MileHighRadio.com On the World Wide Web For your listening pleasure This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.